Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Eileen Gaffin, your host of Reputation and Influence, and our topic today is living the life of a travel journalist. Doesn't that career sound amazing? Our guest today is Maggie Espinoza. She's the founder of Travel with Maggie, and she's worked as a travel reporter for 22 years, and she's the author of two travel books that she'll tell us about. You may have read or seen her travel stories on the Travel Channel, NBC Nightly News, Travel and Leisure Magazine, USA Today, Huffington Post, the list just goes on and on, but please welcome our fabulous guest, Maggie Espinoza. Hello. Hello and welcome. You've got the coolest Thank job. You. <laughs> you know what? I am so fortunate. I really do. I love, love, love my job. But you know what? I'll tell you something, Eileen. I didn't come to it till later in life. I tell people that a lot. Um, I had turned 40 and I was like, oh, gosh, I'm 40, I need to, you know, do something that I really want to do. I was working in advertising. And I thought, well, why not just kind of segue my skills over into something I love to do and I love to travel. So little by little, I started doing it then, but it was kind of a midlife career change that I made. Oh, well, that's um, what I wanted to hear about. So when you were working in advertising, were you using some of those skills? Were you writing? Were you, you know, what were you doing in advertising that made the transition? I was. I was writing press releases. I was writing radio copy. I was writing different things that, you know, pertain to whoever our clients were. And so because I was writing a lot, I thought, well, this is a skill that I could use in another format. It doesn't have to be in advertising, press releases, et cetera. So what I did is I approached a small newspaper that is in San Diego, California. It still exists. It's called the Presidio Sentinel. And I approached the editor and I said, I noticed that your newspaper doesn't have a travel article. You know, I'm wondering would would it be okay if I wrote one? And it was a little monthly pub, you know, that they put out. And yeah. she's like, sure. She's like, sure, but I can't pay you and I won't guarantee it's going to run. <laughs> okay, here's the career for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So I... I remember writing the first article. It was on the Mission Inn up in Riverside, and I was so excited, and she ran it. And then I started writing for her on a regular basis, monthly. She's like, sure, okay, do you want to do a monthly article? I said, sure, and then that helped me get clips, which is what they call published pieces. That helped me get mm -hmm. clips that I could then in turn send to other publications showing them I was a published author and or published journalist. 
and would you hire me? And so it kind of just snowballed from there, which was wonderful. I am forever indebted to the woman for letting me do that. So, so that's did, how I got started. Where did you go from there? Did you, um, I, so that gave you the credit that you needed and the experience. And so did you just start reaching out to other publications or um, broadcast, you know, broadcast shows or whatever to see if they were interested? Like you, it sounds like you're living the life of a freelance travel reporter and not exactly. working for one specific medium. Exactly. Um, I started reaching out. I realized that, you know, I, I couldn't go from the Presidio Sentinel to the LA Times. I mean, there had to be, you know, steps through that. So I started reaching out to other smaller publications, other newspapers. And, you know, this was 22 years ago. It was very different back then. You know, you could... Um, you would write a piece and then send it to all these different newspapers and they would say, sure, I like it. I'll take it or whatever. And so I would send to like the Mercury news, the Oakland tribune, you know, that kind of thing. And once they would start to get my pieces and start to run it, then they would say, yeah, you know, we like your, we like your work. You know, are you interested in turning in more pieces to us? Because most editors have a stable of freelance writers that they work with. And those are people that, they turn their pieces in on time. They are not problematic. They follow the directions. If it says we need a thousand words with, you know, two images, mm -hmm. that's what you turn in, you know, that kind of thing. And so the goal is you make the editor's life as easy as possible in a good way. They don't want to sit there and have to rewrite your piece. So, you know, I thought, okay, well, I need to continue to hone my skills so that I become, you know, where people say, oh, we want to work with her. Hey, you have somebody you want to work with? Work with Maggie Espinosa and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. as that went on, I started going, then I started approaching the San Diego Union Tribune, and then I got a monthly column in there at the North County Union Tribune paper. And, you know, it just blossomed from there. And then I started going into radio. And then I said, I'm going for TV. And um, <laughs> that's what I did. I said, okay, let's, I'm going to approach uh, Channel 5, Fox 5 here in San Diego. Or CW mm -hmm. is the first one. Very small. And I said, can I come on and just give you some travel tips for your viewers? And they're like, you know, and once again, so once you went in, they would keep you if they saw that they wanted to work with you. So, Maggie, when you started writing for other um, editors and publications, did you set your own rate or do they tell you this is how much we pay for articles? Well, it was both because back then you got to realize 22 years ago, there wasn't blogging or anything like that. There was no such thing. And so I would either, they'd say, we're paying this for the piece. It has to be this many words, et cetera. This is what we pay. Or mm -hmm. you have a contract and you say, well, I charge 10 cents a word or I charge a dollar a word or whatever. There is something in the writing world called the writer's guidelines, and every mm -hmm. publication, every website, every, everything has these writer's guidelines, and they basically tell you what they're looking for and what their pay scale is. But you know what, Eileen? I, I, I am preaching to the choir when I tell you that you know how it is with every, in the beginning, with every transaction, everything you do, you learn something. And mm -hmm. I did, you know, uh, there will be certain publications that they would say, okay, I need 2,000 words. You turn it in. They go, nope, you know, we're making the magazine not as, you know, it's not going to be as big this month. So now I need 1,000 words. Well, now your pay was just cut in half. You know, and oh, like, oh, so that that yeah. goes with it, with the length. And so, who 
who chooses your destinations uh, or what you're writing about? Well, it could go one of two ways. So they can either say, we're looking for a story on and then fill in the blank. Or you approach them and you say, well, you know, I was thinking a good story would be, and then you fill in the blank, either or. And I found that, you know, I love picking my own stories because then I get to go to where I want to go to. But I found that some really fascinating stories were ones that were assigned to me. Like the San Diego Magazine assigned an article on renting luxury yachts. I mean luxury where they're 500000 to 750000 a week. Ooh. Uh, yeah, like luxury beyond luxury. That was just a fascinating article to research, and I would have never chosen that as a topic. But it was really – so I, I started saying, you know what, let's, let's see what people have out there that they want to send me to. You know, um, and then other times it'd be like, I want to go to such and such, or I've been to a place and I want to write about it. You know, so it would be both, which was really nice. It was a nice mix. That's so interesting. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break for sponsor recognition. And uh, hold on, I've got more questions for you. Um, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. And we're back to Reputation and Influence with my guest, Maggie Espinoza of Travel with Maggie. And she was talking to us about starting in the business as a travel reporter 22 years ago. So my question to you, Maggie, is what has changed since you started the job of a travel reporter? Well, what's changed a lot is that um, – they were print publications, like I said, like newspaper and magazines were king. That is what you, you know, that was the pantheon of what you wanted to get into. And obviously the larger the newspaper, the well-known the magazine, et cetera. Now, pretty much, unfortunately, most n- newspapers are online. And a lot of magazines, they're either going to four times a year or two months issues and they've cut them Mm -hmm. down quite a bit and i mean we see where it's going it's going in another couple years there will be neither of them it'll be just online so it was kind of the wild west when we started going online because it would be like well do we pay you much it's like ooh, well i would think you'd pay about the same as if we're writing this for your print publication because right. sometimes when it first started, they would be like, well, we're still in print, but we're also online. And so they'd say, we pay this much for print, but it's a finite, you know, amount that we can put in that. But online, you need as much, you have to curate as much content as possible. So you are clamoring to always have new content. So, but they're like, but we're not going to pay as much for online. And that still is pretty much like it is. It's changing because a number of Newspapers and magazines now are charging a subscription, so they're getting paid for online. That's true. You know, before yeah, so they've got more revenue to be able to pay you. 
Exactly. You know, before it was just out of the goodness of their heart they were putting online. And, it, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know. And it also in the beginning was kind of like, I don't know if the caliber of the writing that you wanted was there either. But that has really changed and it's become, you know, now we are online. I'll tell you another thing that has really changed. When I first started, um, you would go on a press trip. So let's say, um, Let's say Long Beach. Long Beach would say, we'd like to bring you on a press trip. It's going to be for three days. We're going to take you all around Long Beach, show you what we have to offer, restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. And then you would write about it. But what's happened is most of the people now, and I mean most, are saying you cannot write about any trip that was a press trip. So, for example, the L.A. Times, oh. if you write for the L.A. Times newspaper, mm-hmm. you cannot accept any gift or anything, any offer from a destination that is more than the price of a keychain. So what are we talking? $5? So right. you they want cannot... you to be objective, right? Yes. And you know, what's interesting though, is that if you are a professional at anything, you are objective, whether somebody's paying you or not. You know, mm-hmm. and I always say my job isn't to go on and say, well, don't go to this place. It's horrible. Blah, blah, blah. My job, or go here, it's the best you ever, my job is to say, I went to Long Beach, this is what they offered, this was the food they had, et cetera. And then you as the reader determine like, well, that actually, that sounds like a really fun place. I want to go. Or I don't know, I don't know if I would like doing that. You know, I I have to give my reader a brain and they have to be able to determine on their own without me telling them they're going to love it or not. So it makes it difficult because, you know, by the time you would pay to go somewhere, you're not getting paid that much to write the article. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so I want what I happened, wanna, um Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so what happened is you'd have to sell the same story many, many times to, to recoup your money. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. And what I wanted to, I wanted to, veer off to the experience of travelers because when the pandemic hit travel pretty much stopped for a couple of years and I'm sure that impacted you as well but now millions of people are traveling again and so what have you experienced how has traveling changed since the before COVID time Well, I just got back from a trip. I went to Ireland, then I went to Greece, and then I went to Croatia, and I was gone for about six months. Oh, six months. No, boy, wouldn't that be nice? I was gone (laughs) for six weeks. Um, Anyway, so I found – I was kind of privy to what was going on just from hearing and reading about what was going on, but as we all know, airports now, or at least this summer, were very, very crowded, and they are over the holidays too, and they're understaffed. Not only are airlines understaffed, but airports are understaffed, and so that kind of – it it results in you're going to have – a lot of long lines and you're going to have the employees that you do deal with is they're very beleaguered. They were just so tired. I felt really bad for a lot of them when I was traveling. They're like, Oh my gosh, they're working a lot of hours and they have a lot of people. There's also now because of that, not as many flights are offered. So, you know, they're trying to kind of consolidate 
and and say, okay, here are the amount of flights we're offering in one day, as opposed to it used to be more. You had other options. You I've know? noticed that, when, and the flights are just packed. Yeah. They're completely full every flight. That's exactly it, too. The flights are packed. It's the days where you go, oh, maybe I'll have an empty seat beside me. No, they are really, really packed. And the other thing is you could say, okay, I'll get through a security check and get in there, et cetera, and now the security lines are super, super long, and also they're slower because they don't have as many people. Um, mm. In fact, when I was in Dublin, Eileen, oh, my land, you'll love this. I get to the Dublin airport at like 6 a.m. because that's my other thing. I have a couple tips to give you. But I was at the Dublin airport at 6 a.m., and there – they have one person, one poor soul that is around the ticket area. So you as a passenger <gasps> have to download your own ticket. You have to download your own luggage tag, and then you have to carry your luggage over and oh, put it no. to a scanner and then send it on the conveyor belt. It was like, oh, my word. And then off you went. And actually, actually Maggie, we... We see that here in the U.S. too. I've noticed that with a lot. You know, they'll like just start at the kiosk, and you have to, you know, print everything out and bring your luggage over here. And yeah, I think we've turned into the airline workers. <laughs> yes, yes. And then there was one woman who was just kind of walking around if anybody was having a problem on the computer or something. I was thinking, oh my word! It's like now we're doing everything. There wasn't even people behind yeah. the desk. It was just really interesting. So. You have to really a lot for more time, which drives me a little crazy because, you know, hanging around in an airport, you, you kind of don't want to be there for hours, but you really do have to. But one thing that I have found, so these are the changes I've really found, and uh-huh. I, in order to alleviate them, what I've done is I fly direct now because a lot of times if you have a layover if you are delayed on one end you're not making your connection on the other end i could tell you myriad stories of that happening to people mm. so i always fly direct yeah you know, even like if i have to maybe go to la it makes much more sense for me to go up to la and fly direct other than getting mm-hmm. stuck somewhere the other mm-hmm. thing is fly first thing in the morning the very first thing, because what happens is on-time departures are much better because you don't have as much air traffic early in the morning. And That's so smart. the delay, you don't have a lot of delay. So if I have to leave at four, five, six, whatever, it just behooves people to do that as opposed to going later in the day and then getting hooked up, you know, caught somewhere. Um, another thing also is oddly enough, but if you fly early in the morning, there's less turbulence. How oh, odd that's is that? But anyway, according yeah. to the weather, yeah, you have less turbulence earlier in the morning. But um, so that's one thing I suggest. The other thing is get TSA pre-check. It is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And do you mm-hmm. have it? Oh, oh my yeah, land. I have it's it. Like a, but it, I, you know, we've been no much in the last couple of years. So it's like I have it, and but, then eventually it's going to expire, but. Um, and then for, for our years. listeners who are outside the United States, that's our domestic um, ability to go quickly through security because we've already, you know, gone through practically FBI interviews to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you have, but it, it's, it's worldwide. It is a world, TSA is worldwide. They have 200 okay, airports good. worldwide that have it. Yeah. So, okay, good. 
they might call it something differently, but yes, it's $85 for five years worth every single penny. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the other thing that I also unfortunately ran into with some people this summer when I was traveling around, make sure your passport is not going to expire for at least six months from when you leave and come back from your trip. There was a girl that went in, her passport was going to expire in three months, and they said, no, and she goes, wait, I'm coming back in three weeks. They go, no, we want to see it as a longer expiration. Some airports do three months. She happened to be at one that was six. So I just always say, you know what, just play it safe. Make sure it's not within six months of expiring. Oh, that's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, your company, your brand is Travel with Maggie. And mm-hmm. what's that like to run a travel brand? And what does that mean? Well, you know what is so funny? When, you know, when I first started, you know, I wasn't, it was just, I was the byline, you know, my name was Maggie Espinosa, but I was the byline for LA. I was the byline for Travel Leisure, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But now that it has just come 180 to a completely different way of doing it, I, Maggie Espinosa, am a brand. Like, I'm a brand. And so Mm -hmm. in everything that I do, I have to remember Maggie Espinosa is the brand. So within TravelWithMaggie.com, it encompasses Mm -hmm. curating my travel blog, curating my social media, which then in turn brings people to my travel blog, I um, teach travel writing and social media and um, web design, that kind of thing at San Diego Writers, Inc. I do Mm -hmm. one-on-one consulting with people. They hire me for an hour or two hours or whatever, and I do one-on-one consulting. I also have an online business called GPS, which stands for Global Personal Shopper. So when I travel, I'll find really cool things that, you know, are very, they're kind of indigenous to the area and you can't get them here. And so I'll put them on my website and say, look at this. Who wants me to get some for them? And then on top of that. I've seen some of your choices and they were so cool. I love that. Oh, I mean, it's so fun finding these things that are so different. But you know Mm -hmm. what? The other thing, too, it's getting a little bit more difficult because you can find so much now online and on Amazon and everything. But still, I managed to find some kind of unique things. And then on top of that, girl, I run an Airbnb. And my Airbnb is, yes, so, and I run it. You know, I don't. I don't have a management company doing it. I run it. And I love it because I host people from China and Russia and all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it works great because it's my field, you know, so I love it. So you, all those And you can get some by. ideas. You can get some ideas yeah. of where to go next, right? Exactly. And, exactly. And, and also under that umbrella, you are the author of two great travel books. And the first one is about pet-friendly travel. Can you tell us about that? It is. And as we speak, my little dog sitting here on my lap. Um, yes, it's Aww. called The Privilege. The Privileged Pooch, Luxury Travel with Your Pet in Southern California. And it actually published um, 10 years, no, my gosh, 2010. What is that, 12 years ago? It published back then when there were not a lot of books on pet travel because it wasn't as well, you know, received. So I did some research, and I saw a couple places that were on just any place to stay, but I thought, let's go the luxury model. And so my dog and I went to 72 hotels in Southern California that were pet friendly. 
all my lands. I'm telling you, it was so fun. And then we'd go <laughs> eat at different restaurants, and we'd find pup activities and all that. So that was really fun. And that, fortunate, I was very fortunate, it sold out. And then about five, six years later, I wrote my second book. And what it, I know this sounds crazy, but it was on a walk that I did. I started in San Diego at the Mission. In, you know, in California, we have the missions, mm-hmm. the 21 missions up the coast. And I started in San Diego at the Mission Akala, and I walked 800 miles up to Sonoma mm. County to that mission. And That's I amazing. Well, you know, thank you. I, I think once was enough for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really, really fun. It was the most amazing experience of my life, the people I met, that really most people in this world are kind. I couldn't believe the kindness of strangers. They would invite me for dinner. I mean, it just is amazing. It was really a wonderful, wonderful experience. So that and was so my you chronicled book. all that, and you chronicled all that in your book. Yes, and it's titled On a Mission. So oh, that's the that's second great. book. So I don't have any other ones in the works. It's a, I just, I, I like, um, those are just the, the first two I've done. Well, I have to ask, do you have any travel plans coming up in the next year? Well, I do. Um, I sent my brother an email and I said, let's go to Argentina. So um, Argentina is going to hopefully be on the list and Iceland um, on the list. And I'm trying to get to, oddly enough, Prince Edward Island. It's a little island off of Nova Scotia. And I'm hopefully be able to fit that in too. Oh, well, we want to read all about your adventures. So we've got a link to your website on the radio show page. Um, and I think you just gave that out as well. Um, is there any other way that people can reach you if they have any questions or want to learn more? Um, on my website, travelwithmaggie.com is a contact page. They can reach me through there. Um, they can reach me through Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Travel with Maggie or Maggie Espinosa and, um, Mag's Travels on Instagram. Um, and just Googling me, you'll be able to find contact info for me. Oh, that's great. Well, that is Maggie Espinoza, who's been our guest today with Travel with Maggie. And thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me, Eileen. I really appreciate it. Sure. This was fascinating. That's our show for today. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the United States and internationally, as we are a global show. And after our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts like Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, all your favorites. And we are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 a.m., and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. And it's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. And remember, your reputation is our business. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. 
For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.